pressure here. Welcome to Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. Well, I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Lagoon. And you may know us from Harry Potter Minute, but there are a lot of other movies that Victoria and I want to break down in a minute-by-minute format. And of course, this has to be the first one. Well, I feel like uh, I feel like you're definitely indulging me here. I am because no, no, that that one I will admit to because I'm like even though I I do really really enjoy Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it's unfortunately it's been a lot longer for me since I have seen the movie. Unfortunately, well, we watched it together not that long ago, and so preparation well, for this. I mean. But before we kind of watched it, we kind of talked to each other. You it. talked on. I would have loved to have watched it. In okay, silence. we can like actually <laughs> sit and watch it if you want. I'll, I'll leave be, it over I'll here. So you can watch. I'll it. be a jerk. Um, Whatever. But watching it as much as I could of uh, while we were talking, while we were talking, uh, I was being reminded of scenes that I had like remembered and had stuck with me, and it was like really enjoyable. And I'm like, oh man, I really like this movie a lot more than I remember I did. Considering it's probably been like 15 years since I've seen it. See, for me, um, this is a movie that I grew up with. I remember seeing this movie. I must have been like, I, I honestly could not tell you the first time I saw this movie. But this became, very quickly as a kid, the movie that I watched on days that I was sick at home. Okay. Um, it it made me feel, it was my it was like my hooky movie. Uh, <laughs> right that makes sense i'm not going to school today so i'm gonna watch this movie about this kid that's not going Who to, didn't school, go to today. school today yeah. yeah and uh even if i have like a sick day now where i have to like call out of work or something like this is probably what i'm gonna put on just because it, it's just such a feel good it's just such a feel good movie um especially being like a kid who's sick or whatever like i identify so much with cameron and you just want to be ferris so badly and and ferris is just <laughs> like this loose carefree just like everything kind of works out for him because he just takes it head on and, right uh, he doesn't let anything like stand in his way no exactly he it helps that he's extremely clever well and that's the thing is he kind of uh he has this um he doesn't necessarily change over the course of the movie, but the characters that have an arc really are in the same way, like learning to just take things head on, like, like, um, kind of garner that confidence in themselves or whatever. The, the big decision in the end of the movie is Cameron's choice to stand up to his father. Like, right. That's where this whole thing is going. Um, not only that, I feel like Jeannie has a big arc in this movie too. And it all comes from Charlie Sheen in the police station. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. But not until, you don't get, even get that until like the very end. The very yeah. end. Yeah. Um, in preparation for this, I've watched the movie. I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched some behind the scenes stuff on the casting for the different characters. I've been uh i have a book about 80s movies that i've been reading that has a good chapter on ferris bueller and like john hughes's attention to like like class like social class like okay. what like wealth and things which i want to save until we actually do minutes to talk about because i don't feel like i'm knowledgeable enough right now like I, i've only started reading this book but um there's a lot of stuff that i really want to talk there's a lot of stuff i really want to talk about Ferris Bueller is probably one of my favorite characters in cinema. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, this is definitely my favorite movie. Like, you know, Harry Potter had was a phenomenon. And that was the book series that I reread a lot in the 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 it was such a big cultural touchstone. Whereas this movie felt like my movie, like, like not a lot of people that I knew have seen it or really like in, had the same relationship with it that I do. Right. And so it became like, this is m- movies for me kind of thing, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm such a fan of things that, that break the fourth wall. That's it's always fun. And I think they do it in a really great way in this movie. This is one of the better examples of that fourth wall break in media in general. I mean, when when you think of fourth wall breaks, characters, characters that are known for that, Ferris Bueller comes to mind, and then usually, like, right after or right before is, like, Deadpool. Yeah. (laughs) Emperor Cusco. He does do that on occasion. I love I love that movie too. Emperor's New Groove is another one that I would love to break down minute by minute. When he pulls down the map and he goes, this is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, okay, we know. Um, yeah, I I believe that when they were talking about casting on the on the on the um featurette that I watched, they talked about how they wanted to have, you know, you had to have the right sort of charming personality to play Ferris or otherwise he would come off as this smug, like better than everybody kind of jerk. And um, Matthew Broderick had already had experience breaking the fourth wall. Like he had been um, playing this character in Biloxi Blues uh, in New York with Alan Ruck uh, as one of the other characters in the production with him. And so the two of them already had this relationship that they had built up on stage so that when the two of them played best friends, they already had built all this chemistry into the movie. Yeah. They already had a rapport. Yeah. There's a really great, uh, there's a really great set of, um, behind the scenes stuff that is like Matthew Broderick interviewing everybody else on set. And so he and, and, and Alan are talking to each other and they're just kind of cutting up with each other instead of paying attention to what they're doing. Um, when he's talking to Jeffrey Jones, he's like asking Jeffrey Jones questions, but the entire time he's like eating like peanuts or something. Like, I don't know what he's eating, but he's just shoving stuff in his face and like only semi listening to his answers. Oh, geez. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so, he's so charming. I really, really like Matthew Broderick in this movie. Again, I, I just like Matthew Broderick in general he's a we were talking off mic like i'm like he's he's a good guy he seems like a genuinely good person yeah he's he's really good at at the movies that he's in um john hughes talks about what a talent that he was and how how much of a um how grateful he was that he was able to get matthew to play this character um because he was still a relatively young actor and, and this was a big role you know the um, role that he's still known for. Yeah, I think it's the role that he's known for. Yeah. Um, he's done some other stuff. I liked... He was in Tower Heist recently. I like Tower Heist. I like Tower Heist. A lot of people don't... That was a fun movie. ...necessarily like it, but I thought it was really fun. And I, I like thought War his character Games. was really fun. I think fun War Games is a cool movie. Um, I liked him in Music Man. I, I liked him Music in The Producers. Man. I haven't seen Producers either. Those are musicals, both of them, right? Yes, they are... Um, and I keep getting well, he did Broadway wrong. stuff for a while. See, totally makes sense. Yeah. And I believe he did a movie called Glory. Hmm. Um, and that one was really good. I remember watching it in school because it's about, um, which war? The Civil War? I can't help you here. I don't quite remember. 
It was a war movie, and I'm not really into war movies, but as far as war movies go, this one was a good one. Um, I'm just not sure if I'm getting my facts straight, but, you know, I've seen him in several things, and he's 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 a really charming, likable person. He pops up in a lot, but I don't feel like it's ever anything that's like... Oh, well, he's Simba, isn't he? He is Simba. <laughs> um... Which is amazing. I love like, that. Yeah, Simba. That makes me happy. He's a old, old Simba. Yeah, he was in Godzilla in 1998. Have you seen that Godzilla I, movie? Oh, of course. I, I definitely I have. have seen that Godzilla movie. He is the worm guy. Well, he's the main character, and they call him the worm guy because he's like oh. studying worms. He is in Glory. It's Glory. Okay, it's that was Glory. in uh, 89. Yeah, it's a good movie. Denzel Washington. Yeah. And Carrie Elwes. Oh. Is that how you say his last name? Carrie Elwes. Ill, ills? Ills? It's, but it's E-L-W-E-S. I don't know. I don't know. That's how it's, it's spelled, Wesley. I think. It's the Civil War. It's Wesley. Yeah, he's Wesley. As you wish. As you wish. I love him. Again, he shows up with a bunch of things every once in a while. and But not good. Ferris Bueller. Not, so we can't talk about him Ferris here. Bueller, unfortunately. No, we get Charlie Sheen instead. We do get Charlie Sheen in this movie. It's like, okay, Charlie Sheen. Uh... You know, it's it's just a small part in the end. Yeah. But I it's like... It's kind of random. It's like, what? Charlie Sheen? Okay. I like... Char- I think this is the first thing I saw Charlie Sheen in. Oh. I mean, because I, I've seen this movie since I was like a little kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So your introduction to like seeing him ever... Yeah. I think was, was probably in this. as this like kind of drugged out guy in, in the police station. He looks drugged out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like got crazy hair and really baggy like red. Oh, I love something. his hair though. I kind of like it. He's got two really great uh, moments where like um just like his reaction thoughts are really perfect because there's a moment where Genie tells him to like why don't you put your thumb up your butt? And he just like looks at his thumb. Like he considers it for a second. <laughs> and then there's another moment later where she tells him to blow himself and he just like looks down. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> and then it's just like, like and it's it's so wonderful. He because... kinda he kinda makes like this little facial expression like hmm. like, <laughs> like alright. Like, oh, alright. Like that's I don't think That's I what can. you want me to do? I don't I, think I, I can, but you know. <laughs> um I think Jennifer Grey as genie is really wonderful. I like Jennifer Grey anyway, because I know her from Dirty Dancing, so... I've only seen Dirty... I haven't seen Dirty Dancing since I was, like, a kid. My mom was really into that movie, so... Saw Dirty Dancing quite many times. Many times? Many times. We'll have to talk Uh, about Dirty Dancing at some point. And Patrick Swayze. Again, Patrick Swayze in that era was a whole thing, like, Ghost and Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse and... Those era of movies are, are wonderful. But also not Ferris but also Bueller. also not Ferris <laughs> Well, what other stars do we get in Ferris? We got Jennifer Grey. Um, we have Charlie Sheen. We have uh, Mia Sarah as Sloane Peterson. See, I recognize that name. She was also in Legend and Time Cop. And... I don't know. I haven't actually seen a lot of this. I don't think I've seen her in... I don't think I've actually seen her in anything else. I think I've seen Time Cop, but probably, like, as a kid, and it's just... I don't remember. (laughs) She hasn't done any... Well, she hasn't done anything in a few years. Ah, okay. She was in the Witches of Oz TV miniseries. Okay. Um, Yeah, she was (laughs) in... Jack and the Beanstalk, the TV series in 2001. Oh my gosh. She was in a movie called The Impossible Elephant. Okay. Yeah, she's done a lot of things that I haven't Weird heard stuff. of. Weird stuff. Yeah. 
And then you said the people who play Ferris Bueller's parents, like, met on set. Yes, yes. Got Uh, married. But are no longer married. Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward um, met on set playing Ferris's parents. That's And they got married. And they stayed married for a few years, I think, before they divorced. Before they got divorced. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. I think... It was interesting watching the, like, casting documentary or the little featurette that was on the DVD that I have because they talk about how as each of the um, – each person got cast, they were tested against each of the other new people that were brought in. So it was a really, like, collaborative – the oh. entire movie is this really collaborative process. Apparently, John Hughes wrote the script in, like, a week. Oh, wow. And um, they started casting people and bringing people in and the script as you read it is quite different from the script. Uh, well, the way the script ends up in the movie, uh, some of the scenes are, are, are moved around like where they fall in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of like really heavy editing. Like I think that John Hughes um, was kind of a wizard in the editing room. Okay. Uh, as the, the, as the back uh, behind the scenes people were talking about. And uh, even Matthew Broderick refers to there's a moment where the the two of them where he and Mia Sarah kiss in front of Rooney um, when he goes to pick her up from school. And he's like, oh, in, in the script, it's just like a kiss. Like we just share like a momentary kiss. But because the way it's edited, you go from like the two of them kissing to like this really long shot of Rooney, like watching them and then back to it. And so it feels like it's this really long makeout scene, but it's just like a peck. And I was that's fascinating. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, because it definitely seems a lot longer. Like, it's like, because he's supposed to be playing, like, her father yeah. picking her up, and it's just like, that's in pretty weird. The <laughs> screenplay, um, she, he's, like, doesn't get out of the car, and she climbs into the car next to him, and they, like, share a kiss, and then they drive off. And she's all jazzed because she's like, oh my god, right in front of Rooney, like, yeah, yeah. Just under his nose. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, which I think is a lot of fun. I'm glad that, uh, cause he goes, that's the kind of family they are. <laughs> yeah. That gets, it gets parsed down a lot. And then there's a lot of like improv that goes on because, uh, there are things in the script. There are moments in the, well, because the act from the, just more of the back behind the scenes stuff. I'm just going to keep like referring back to that. Cause I just watched it yesterday. Whenever John Hughes wouldn't, would cut, but he would leap, let the camera keep rolling. And okay. so he would he would give suggestions and then like let them redo the scene or redo the take. And so the editing process, they had like a wealth of material to cut from because they were just shooting on. So there are things that happen or moments that like came up as, the, as they were just kind of goofing around waiting okay. for takes that end up being used in the movie. Oh, fun. Or um, I think her name is Edie. Edie McClurg, who plays Grace. Is oh, like, like his secretary? The secretary, yeah. She is a an improviser by trade. Oh. And so there's a moment where um, there's supposed to be kind of this like frantic action in the office. And it's not written in the script. It's just like Rooney on the phone with Cameron pretending to be Mr. Peterson. And she was like, okay, like if you want this like frantic action between the two rooms, like we're going to play a game. And she tells um, uh, Jeffrey Jones like – we're going to go back and forth between the rooms and I'm going to just keep getting in your way. And so if you watch it, like 
she takes off and then he tries to follow her, but she comes back. So they bump and they like kind of jostle around and then they each go in different directions. And so there's this whole, like, that's just a spontaneity that happened on set. The Ben Stein scene, they just had him come into the set and they were like, okay, we think we want you to be a teacher. Um, we need you to like, do a lecture you're you're an economics guy we'll let you do an economics class and so in one take he just like talked about trade tariffs and uh and just kind of did his thing for this class that's totally not paying attention to him and they talk about on this behind the scenes thing how like the crew all kind of crowded around the cameras just like watching him do this performance and then when they were all cheering just like oh my god that was amazing and that's the cut that's in the movie like they did it once yeah fascinating that's to me. great i think that's so cool you know and they're like okay yeah like let's have you come and do the roll call at the beginning and you'll be the one that calls bueller's name it's so cool i think it's so great and with his distinctive voice just having him like repeat bueller mm-hmm. over and over again, he talks about how um ben stein and the behind the scenes stuff talks about how uh you know he's got all these credits and all these things that he's done with his life but he's pretty sure he'll just be known for for bueller 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 <laughs> That's sad. That's no, he's totally happy about it. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he I mean, said that not? he says that like Ferris you know Bueller's Day enough. Off was his Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like <laughs> like uh-huh. the this kind of epitome, like the the you know taking the day to just enjoy life and like kind of have a have a great time with it. And like that was yeah, his yeah. his one day on the set that blew everybody away. And he'll he'll be regarded for that forever. I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. This seems like a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. Ben Stein. I like Ben Stein. I do too. I don't know who the other professor, the other teacher is. There's a guy that's teaching like English and he's talking about the uses of irony in the prison. Oh, oh, yeah. That he's yes, drawing yes, on the he's board. The... A prison. Right. <laughs> yeah. He imprisons the word prison. Like, <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, it cracks me up. We need, we need oh, his name that. is Del Close. Del Close. Yeah. That's an unusual name. He was Man at Bar in American Graffiti. Okay. And he was also in a movie called The Untouchables. Oh, I've heard of The Untouchables. Yeah. I don't know. There are a lot of, um... There are a lot of cast names in this movie. I think it's fantastic. They, uh, they interview, um, a lot of the cast in the behind-the-scenes com- uh, featurettes, including, like, the girl that delivers the line, like, my best friend's boyfriend's girlfriend's sisters, whoever saw him pass out at the... Like, they interview her because they originally had... They originally had auditioned her for Sloan. Oh. Uh, but she was, like, totally okay. Like, she was really... I guess she was, like, telling some story behind the scenes, and John Hughes was like, no, you need to do this part. Like, read this off. And he, like... It, I don't think that's even in the script either. He or I think maybe r- it is in the script. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think it's in the shooting script, but I don't think it was in the earlier draft. Okay. And they were just like, oh no, you'd be perfect for this. You need, you need to just do exactly what you just did, but mm-hmm. like do that. Like, there, there, there are a lot of things like that where, um, the actors are talking about how like they weren't really, they just offset or whatever, like something came up and John Hughes was like, no, like use that. <laughs> like That's we're going to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is great. Again, why not? Like if it works. And they have it on film, then yeah. use it. I uh, I learned from Ferris Bueller not to fake a fever. Oh? Yeah, because he says in the beginning that you should go for the clammy hands. Because if you get a nervous parent and you have a high enough fever, you'll end up in the doctor's office. Oh. It's like, oh, I don't want to get taken to the doctor if I play sick. My mom always knew when I was playing sick. 
I feel like a lot of parents do. And there's like, okay. and that doesn't work. Uh, if I didn't have tests or if my grades were okay, my mom would let me stay home some, sometimes very rarely. Okay. But I, I could maybe once every semester or whatever, I could convince my mom to like, let me play hooky because my grades were good and we didn't have anything important that was going on that day. Okay. Yeah. Or so I would say. Or so you would say. I hope my mom doesn't hear this. <laughs> does she, does she listen to anything that you do? She doesn't listen to Harry Potter Minute. Oh. But you know we're we're getting pretty far into that, and and that's a lot of content to catch up on. It is. I don't yeah. know if she'll listen to this one, but she said she wanted to be a guest. That's funny because I think this is one of her favorite movies. My mom is totally into John Hughes as well. And, and what would she? What minutes would she want? I don't know. I think I would just do a weekend edition with her. Oh, okay. and it would have to be. It would have to be. If we did specific minutes, it would have to be the minutes that that his mom comes home and opens the door and and the uh, mannequin rolls over and the snoring on the yeah, yeah, yeah. on his uh, stereo. His that's whole, already his whole uh, setup there. It's so amazing. Yeah, it would have to be that minute. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's pretty elaborate. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, and it's banking on the fact that she won't go any further in the room. Yeah, she'll hear him snoring. Yeah, be like, be oh, asleep. he's asleep. asleep. We're going to let him alone. be asleep. Well, I don't think he expected anyone to come home. Um, it was, but it was definitely like case. a precaution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because he he jumps into bed and like pushes all that out whenever they do get home. Yeah, it has to like throw. He throws the baseball that he baseball. caught at the baseball game. At the baseball game, yeah. which is on film, which like, is on TV. Watching, yeah, it was at on... that point they would know. Mm-hmm. It was on the TV while uh, Rooney was in the little uh, hot dog bar yeah. or whatever. The little arcade place. Rooney. Rooney. Jeffrey Jones. I only know him from this and uh, Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. Probably me too. Yeah. Or exactly the same two things. Um, we don't have to talk about his <laughs> personal life, I don't think, on here. But uh, he's had some um, legal... Legal, legal problems, issues. So yeah, I don't think he's around. More dramatic than the kid who played Crab in Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think he, he's doing anything. So yeah, anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know when all of that went down, and like if he's been doing any work in recent years or not. Probably not. I would assume not. But you never know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't uh, look up any of his recent credits. I think it's ridiculous that over the course of the movie, it just ends up being this huge thing. Like Ferris Bueller is dying. Oh my lord! <laughs> Do you want me to blow your mind? Oh no! Oh no! Uh, he has voice credits. Jeffrey Jones has voice credits for four episodes of Invader Zim. Victoria's as making the same space. as the same character in all four episodes. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. It's just a bunch of random okay. characters. But... That's, what, that's, what I, that's why I made a face. And I was like, well... Who is this If guy? it's one character that he did for all four episodes, and that's one thing. But if it's a different person nah. for everything, then it's like, oh, who cares? Oh, he was also in the Stuart Little movie. I did not watch that. You've never seen Stuart Little? No. Oh. I liked that movie. I liked the book. <laughs> I liked the book, too. Uh, Who played Stuart Little? I feel like that was like... That was something we talked about on Harry Potter. Minute. <laughs> yeah, early we on. Did? We did because he was one of the kids that was up to be um Oh, up to be Harry. Jonathan Lipnicki. 
who's in Stuart Little as the other little boy, but who's the voice of Stuart Little? Oh. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I didn't know that's what you were asking me. No, you dork cutting me off. I thought you were asking. I'm sorry. I know Jonathan Lipnicki's in Stuart Little. Michael J. Fox's. That's what I thought. Stuart. I was thinking that it was, but I was. All right. I was yeah. right in my head. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, oh no, see the back, <laughs> the back to the future minute guys aren't going to be talking about like what their actors have acted in. Oh, I like talking <laughs> about that because it's just like, where is their career gone? Well, for, you know? for, for our Harry Potter actors, it makes sense because, you know, they started with Harry Potter and then went on to do other things. Yeah. All of them didn't have anything before. Yeah. There's um, nothing important. And I don't think we're going to go and watch a bunch of other. I don't know if we'd go and watch other... I don't know what we would do for, like, bonus content for Ferris Bueller Minute yet. I think it'd be cool to watch the other John Hughes movies and talk about them. Oh, I'm down for that, because I like all of them. <laughs> I like most of them. I think I've seen most of them. I don't think I've seen all of them. Well, it depends if you're being specific as to the only the ones that he's directed, or the ones that he's directed and written, or, or the blah, ones that he blah. just wrote. Just straight wrote. Because there's like a bunch on that list. Like obviously like Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club and I oh feel boy. like there's another one. Yeah. Some Some Like It Hot? No, not Some Like It Hot. Uh, it's um Wow. No, 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 no. It's uh That movie's old. That's not the one I was thinking of. Okay. For some reason that popped in my head, but I know that's not right. It's um Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, and Breakfast Club, I think. No, there's definitely... Well, there's also Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but that's not the one. And Vacation. He wrote Vacation. Um, I like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Where is the movie that I'm thinking of, though? Well, here's what he's directed. He directed Sixteen Candles, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby... Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. See, I've seen all of those except for, like, that one weird one. Curly Sue? No, I've seen Curly Sue. Uncle Buck? Which no, one's the weird I've seen one? Uncle Buck. No, she's having a baby. Uh, oh. like, I have no idea what the hell that is. I'm like, what? What is that? I don't know. I've seen everything I haven't else. seen that. Um, he's also credited for the, like, the Beethoven movies and the screenplay for Flubber. I saw the first one. I saw Flubber. And 101 Dalmatians. Miracle on 34th Street. Dennis the Menace. Home Alone. See, I've seen all of those. There was definitely a movie other than... Oh, Some Kind of Wonderful. That's what I was thinking of. Mm, not sure if I saw that. Uh, I haven't seen it either, but I remember them talking about it on the behind-the-scenes thing. That's oh, what I was okay. thinking of. I've never seen it. came out in 1987. It was directed by Howard Deutsch? Deutsch. D-E-U-T-C-H? Deutsch. Dutch. 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 <laughs> Dutch. I think we'll stick with Deutsch. Deutsch? I think that's probably how it's pronounced. I don't know. I'm I don't assuming. know. I'm guessing. I'm assuming. Guys, this is the pilot episode. We're just letting you know yeah. that this is going to happen. I am really excited to go through this minute by minute. There's so much about this movie that I want to talk about. And because I have a copy of the script that doesn't, that has things that didn't make it to the movie, 
I really want to talk about all of that, too. Oh. Yeah. So as we go through, we can talk about, like, characters that aren't named in the in the movie, but are have bigger roles in the script. Or how um, Jeannie and Ferris have younger siblings. Or entire monologues that didn't make it to screen. Um, Ferris in the movie makes a joke about how they ate pancreas, but you don't actually see them eating pancreas in the movie, but they shot the scene where they eat pancreas in the movie. Eating pancreas. At, 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 uh, Shaquie. Which apparently, uh, is supposed to be a play on a pizza joint called Shakey's. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Shakey's. Yeah. So it's Shakey's. Q-U-I-S. Or Q-U-I-Z. Okay. Yeah, something like that. All right. That was just from the book that I'm reading. The, the, um... Oh, what's the name of the... I don't even remember the name of the book that I'm reading. That's sad. I know, it really Shame bothers me. You. Don't look at me like I know. That's not my book. <laughs> I'm not reading I think it's book. Life Moves Pretty Fast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Life Moves Pretty Fast. Yeah. All right. So stop every once in a while and take a look around that's the sort of the quote that's me paraphrasing the quote oh, okay I, I figure you would be able to quote this movie word for word by now you know i haven't actually tried to to do that but i think if you and i if we took the time to talk through this movie i could probably i could probably fill this entire movie there's, I know there's movies that I could do that too. I mean, like everyone has. I've seen this movie so much. A couple. It's only a few weeks into, uh, 2017, and I've already seen this movie four times. I could probably do that with Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the first time I ever watched Anchorman, I literally watched like I watched it, and then as soon as like it was over, you I watched, watched it, it again. again. Yeah. The only movie I've done that with was, um. Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. I love Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. I watched that movie back-to-back. I was... The first time they started selling that, like, a physical copy was at Comic-Con of whatever year that was, 2014, 13, eh. I don't know, uh, and bought it, so I have it, so I can nice. watch it anytime I want to. That's fun. It I fun. Uh, haven't I like seen it, it in a while. I would like to watch it again. I love it. Oh, and you need to see Naked Nora's Infinite Playlist. Yeah, we've been talking about that. Okay. Movies. We just like movies, you guys. We do like movies. You haven't noticed. Um, I think that was everything that I had for our little pilot episode. We could, like, have talked through the... We could do the I Nerd That Thing. We have another show that's <laughs> on our Patreon called I Nerd That, where we, like, talk through movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be up, or is up, by the time this airs. Right. Oh. Time is convoluted in the podcast world. <laughs> a little bit. It's oh. it's confusing sometimes. I know I, I mess it up all the time. Oh, we have so much other stuff that we're doing at the same time that it's... it's, like, it's I'm sorry. Yeah. Making references to things that hasn't happened yet, or... Things that old, happened a long time or... ago. Yeah. <laughs> all that kind of weird stuff. But, um, we could we could have taken the time and, like, talked through the plot, but I think because we're going to do it minute by minute, we don't have to necessarily... I think it'd be fun to do a commentary thing. Oh, okay. Maybe like bef- between now and when we air actual minutes, we'll do a commentary thing for this movie. 
like a like going in commentary and then at the end we can be like this is what we we can we can uh, during our um like credits episode no credits actually have stuff going on on screen that we still have to talk about we don't ever have like empty credit minutes i think this is the only movie that i actually watch the credits like all the way to the end every time i watch this movie because it has that because there's a whole scene yeah Yeah, scene at the end there yeah with that darn bathroom but no well, that's no, find. but see, that's that's like the that's like the after credit scene. Uh, but there's also Rooney getting on the bus. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, which all takes place while the credits are rolling. <laughs> his decision to get on the bus is just like. Well, I mean, he doesn't have his keys, and his car got towed away, and he's been chewed up by a dog and dragged through the mud, and he just he's had a bad day. He's, he's had, had a, a bad really day. Really bad day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He visibly looks like, as well, that he, he's had a bad day. Like, if you saw that guy on the street, you'd be like, ooh. Like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Do not envy you. Um, His wallet got thrown into a pond or something. Right. Nah. <laughs> so that means no money, no ID. Yeah. Like, every, all of his stuff is gone. He's just... The bus driver recognized him, though. So she was like, all right, I'll help you. She was yeah. nice. I don't think he actually wanted to ride. He kind of waves her off, and then she like opens the door and is like, "Kidding? Like, come on!" Like he wants to be prideful about it. Yeah. Like, no, like I'm gonna deny a ride because I want to be exactly a, a grumpy person with all my with my bad day. Exactly, and not accept this moment, this act of kindness. And it's like, no, just just get in here. I really love this movie so much. The little girl that he's <laughs> next to looks. She is a little. We'll talk about her at the end. <laughs> like, we get her all the way at the end, and it's like, what is up with this little girl? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird little girl. Uh, I found out that um, Jeannie is a year younger than Ferris. Oh, okay. Um, From the script, because I didn't know that before. Okay. So, you can find us at DuelingGenre.com, along with Harry Potter Minute, which is also done by Victoria and I. Uh, on that site, there's also Back to the Future Minute, which is Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez. There's Lord of the Rings Minute with Cassandra Fredrickson and Norman Mitchell. There's The Doctor's Companion with Scott, Nick, and Cassandra. And there's Geek by Night, which is the their original radio drama, which I love so much. It's a bunch of friends that get superpowers and run a comic book store. And if you want to... Join us on Patreon. We're on patreon.com slash hpminute. Okay. I think well, that was everything. Yeah, lots of time to flush it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for joining us for our week, uh, our first um, pilot episode. Almost a weekend edition. <laughs> it's like an introductory thing. Yeah. You'll hear from us again between now and when the first minute airs, I'm sure. Because I've been consuming Ferris Bueller at an alarming rate lately. And it just, it's going to spill out of me. So, stay tuned for that. Keep an eye on your feed. Oh, you can find us at ferrisbuellerminute.com. Which redirects to duelinggenre.com. But but still. (laughs) Yeah, ferrisbuellerminute.com. We'll have a Facebook and a group, I'm sure. Uh, Gotta give a group name and a sign-off. Oh, I already know the sign-off. Oh, you you didn't... Let me in on it. No, I didn't, I but no I know idea. the sign-off, and I, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, so, 
I'm not going to just drop it. It feels no, silly. No, like, you're not going to do it? Donka Shane. Of, co- of because course. Because it means thank you very much. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Donka Shane. Yeah.